Greetings, Archons. Welcome to Sanctimonious, a Keyforge podcast where three zealous Keyforge players discuss various topics concerning combat within the Crucible. Stand at attention and salute your hosts, Sir Jake, Sir Alex, and Sir Dan. Welcome back to another episode of Sanctimonious. This is your co-host, Jake, and I am joined by both of my wonderful co-hosts, Dan and Alex. Welcome back, y'all. Hey, hey, hey. Good to be back. Yeah. Good to be back after just one week. It may seem, <laughs> seem like longer, but that's just a, kind of a trick with 2020 dragging on. <laughs> I think we still have one in the hopper too, right? I think two, actually. That's when, this... <laughs> when we when we start dropping some episodes, it's gonna we're gonna be like bam, That's bam, bam, serious. boom, yeah. boom, boom. Yeah, we we recorded way back uh, an episode about low SAS that was never released because yeah. of uh... forgot about that one. That's still a thing. That's still happening. And then we recorded. An interview with Nathan Stalwart of Tabletop Royale. The winner of the glorious few. Yeah, and that one uh, also didn't come out either. So uh, I guess before we jump into this episode, we could just address the hiatus that we've been on as a podcast. Uh, And I think really the buck stops with me. I just kind of ran out of the capacity, I guess, to keep editing and putting out the podcast. There was sort of a, just an influx of things happening in my life all at once between, uh, frankly, organizing and casting the glorious few at the same time as my finals in grad school, at the same time as purchasing my first home, at the same time as grappling with the long-term social distancing was just a lot all at once and something sort of had to give and as I was just sort of trying to pick up the pieces and make sure everything uh, was staying together in my life and in my relationships uh, that I just didn't have the capacity to keep editing the podcast it wasn't because I don't like Keyforge anymore it wasn't because I don't like hanging out with y'all uh, or or care about putting out good content for this community, which I still love. Uh, it's just a personal capacity issue. And now I'm getting more on track with my new job, which I also started right at the same time. And I feel like it's a good time to kind of get back in the booth and, and put out some more Keyforge content as uh, the release of Mass Mutation is imminent. So that's just a little update about what's going on with me. But what's been up with you guys? I'll let Alex go. He's had far more oh. exciting times than me. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you, Jake. I, I, I totally feel you because I had, let's see, uh, life update on Alex is I had my, we had our third baby, uh, who's now two months old, Aria Joy Slotnik. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. That makes us a family of five. So we are busy. Uh, one thing I didn't expect is how hard it is. Like there, there have been moments of the last two months where literally every moment of the day, someone is crying. 
so you know i'm getting used to that i know how it is with two kids but yeah that third kid oh my goodness that was yeah the third the third one has thrown me for a bit of a loop so i definitely understand i also started a new job in it security uh about also about two months ago um Right. Basically, I started my job uh, probably two weeks before our third baby was born. Uh, so the timing was a little bit also as we started all of the social distancing stuff. So I've actually never worked on site at the place where I now work, which is interesting. Uh, uh, and uh, although working from home has kind of been in a weird way fortuitous for me with a brand new baby, because a lot of times I... Uh, my new job, I work night shifts sometimes, so I was able to take the baby for my wife and, you know, during the night shift and kind of, uh, I can just, you know, baby sleeps in the crib and I just kind of keep an eye out if, if something's going on. Uh, so able to let her sleep, which has actually been nice. Uh, and then, yeah, so to be honest, uh, notice how there was no key forge in any of that. Uh, cause that's been kind of real for me. I told, I, I posted this in the Discord, but like basically at a certain point, I was like, well, this game just doesn't exist to me until Mass Mutations comes out, uh, or until we're closer to that. Cause I just, I don't know why, uh, Worlds Collide just didn't, didn't hit me the same way. It was good. I like Worlds Collide a lot, but like it, it I think maybe it was just the time of life where I was just like, had a lot of other stuff going on and then when when i as soon as uh as soon as i like could crucible tracker dying definitely affected my my play of the game for sure i'm still mourning the loss of that so uh but that's kind of it for me man life like i feel like i'm getting more on track uh as far as things are going things are normalizing a little bit and schedule and stuff and we're kind of learning the rhythms of uh of life right now and so with that happening you know, my interest has been renewed to play this game we love. And the same thing that Jake said, I love the community so much, love the uh, game itself so much, not going away from it, certainly, but just taking a little, uh, I think, for all of us, well, well uh, needed uh, break. Yeah, absolutely. Dan, what's uh, any life updates for you? Uh, yes, last and certainly least. Nothing super updating. I mean, my boy's almost one now. It's crazy. It's like that almost crazy. 11 months here. Yeah, so like that's that's flown by. Um, so he's very mobile, and um, some people have Roombas. We have Nolan. He cleans oh, yeah. up any messes that hit the floor. Like he's just on it. It's in his mouth. Doesn't matter what it is. It's in his mouth. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, if it's on a low table, it's in his mouth. Um, <laughs> I always call my kids reverse Roombas. Yeah, they, right. they they un, undo the clean. Yeah, they do that too very well. But yeah, no. Um, I usually yeah, I always hit this point kind of of like you know like I I didn't get to play much in real life as it was with the two kids and everything. But um, I mean obviously nobody's playing in person anymore. Yeah. And it was kind of like one of those things where every time a new set released, like me and Blake from Help from Future Self on the world's collide release um he actually came down because seattle has a bunch of release events and like the world's collide release really like re-sparked my key forge bigger just because like he came down so we just played key forge we went to a bunch of release events there's also a prime at the same time so it's just like one massive weekend of like tons of live key forge that just really stoked my fires again and we were planning on doing that again for uh for you know mass mutation and 
yeah, now the border's closed. So, <laughs> so even if there are release events, that's probably not going to happen. And it's just kind of like, yeah, I don't know. And then like like Nick said with the uh, Nick, sorry, Alex, the Nick of slots, um, oh, yeah. said with the tracker dying, it's kind of weird. Like you finish some games. Like me and Alex had a super close one the other day. We were playing some low SAS decks, and it's like he kept me off of. Like I was up two keys, nothing, and he kept me off of winning for like eight turns, like something silly, and came all the way yeah. back and won. And it's just like, man, I wish Tracker was around. I want to go yeah. back and I want to read through every one of those turns <laughs> and see if I miss something. But I, I mean, I, I don't think I did. Like Alex, Alex is a good player, unfortunately for me and my win loss record that now isn't existent. <laughs> now, now you don't even know. So there are some silver linings. <laughs> <laughs> definitely some silver lining <laughs> but no so i mean that that kind of hurt a little bit too yeah i don't know i still play i mean i'm still playing keyforge a few few days a week i'm still hitting up some games in the the discord and playing in lady aurora's events when i'm when it's when i'm able to with my work schedule because those kind of happen like right kind of during my lunch hour early afternoon on thursday so that kind of works out pretty well for me and my dad life that if i'm not too busy at work i can usually sneak those in so that's been fun i also signed up for her obfuscation league, and um, I accidentally submitted the wrong deck. Oh no! <laughs> like I submitted a very fun deck, but it's a deck that definitely was not around the benchmark. And I already dropped my first game, uh, and I think I've got like the highest SAS deck probably in the tournament. <laughs> oh no! So yeah, I I went from not probably winning in that one to definitely not winning after dropping a match with. Probably the deck that most people, I would think most people voted for, triple mother time traveler deck. Um. <laughs> yeah, a quick, let's say a quick plug if you don't know what obfuscation is we're talking about. Maybe we don't get into it here, but uh, Lady Aurora has a great article about this uh, new format of her own creation that you can find on the Time Shapers blog. Yep, definitely. Definitely check it out. Check it it's out. Yeah. Fired and going. It's pretty neat. Everybody submitted a deck, and then we blind voted on which deck list we thought would win the most out of each group. And I don't even know. I might have even screwed up my vote. I was probably supposed to vote for somebody else, but I voted for my deck because I'm like, geez, <laughs> it's just so good. <laughs> I don't know. I probably shot myself in the foot big time there, but I was the uh, add me if you need somebody, and they needed to get to a round number. I think we got to 32 people. So That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Uh, well, it's cool. Glad to hear that y'all's fam are doing well. Getting out on the disc golf course, that's been pretty cool, too. Yep. Disc golf course, some sanitation wipes, good to go. So maybe we should just do like a little bit of an inspiration, or I mean, we're kind of just already sure. going into it. But yeah, so I mean, I think kind of the this is going to be a very informal cast as we just kind of get our podcasting sea legs under us again. Um, but let's let's do a little inspiration, just to talk about one Keyforge thing that has inspired us over the course of the whole hiatus. You don't have to pick something this past week. You can pick something from any time. I could go first. I have one in mind already and let y'all think for a second. Yeah. I played in the Keyforge online team event. I think it was the fourth one of these. Um, that that fire is my first time playing in it. 
I was asked to join a team that my friend uh, Jeffrey. So he's a really cool guy, local to the St. Louis region. Actually, I think he lives about two hours away, but still drives up for events in the before times. Uh, and they had somebody drop off their the team. The before times. The uh, before times. <laughs> they had somebody drop out of their team and needed to fill in. And I thought, you know, what the heck? And uh, the format was Tesla. So it, it, you picked one deck. And the first week, I think, is Archon. And then after that, the next week, uh, it was reversal and just switches back and forth each round. Um, and our team ended up going five and two, uh, which was good for ninth, a tie for ninth place. So like just missing out on the top eight by tiebreakers. Uh, but it was such a fun event. I mean, I may had some small uh, tweaks or critiques I would have made to the format, but uh, played some really fun rounds of Key Forge against people from all over the world. We played against a team from Poland, I think two teams from Germany, a team from England, a team from Thailand, and then uh, an American team. And it was uh, just a total blast. And uh, so big shout out to Jeff and Scott, my teammates, uh, looking forward to participating in, in the fifth round as well. So shout out to Team Rocket Boots. Hello. You know, uh, I, I, and I'm still kind of deciding if I have the, the capacity to actually do an all out card review. Um, but I did, I did actually read through all of the mass mutation cards. Um, and that kind of, that got me and kind of have started to get excited about the new set. I think there's some really interesting mechanics being introduced. I actually really like, enhancement i think it's a pretty i think it's a pretty smart mechanic would you say um, that it's enhancing the game yeah it's enhan- <laughs> definitely definitely it's like it's practically it's a we we don't have to go into too much about this but it's like practically it's in some ways it's like very, it feels very key for g it feels like very uh much like what they want to do i still don't think they've hit the mark on procedurally generated cards um i just don't think that what they're doing is super interesting with procedurally generated uh but they're getting there you know they're they're getting there um i think they're gonna hit i think that every 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 set has been slightly better than the previous one so they're gonna get there eventually in terms of procedural generation yeah in terms of procedural generation they're doing other things really really well i just don't find those cards particularly interesting uh but overall just looking at the cards made me really excited um i am the one, you know, and here's the one conclusion I've drawn. Shadows is still terrible, guys. I'm, I'm sorry. You heard it here first. It's it's not good. It's not good for Shadows. Uh, they got they they got the nerf hammer forever. Uh, so yeah, I mean, they probably earned it. Like yeah, so, so good in Coda. They were so dominant AOA. in 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 Coda and even AOA. Yeah. AOA, they're still super good. Yeah, like. yeah. It's like, oh, bait and switch got nerfed and doesn't actually do anything useful anymore. Okay, Ronnie wrist clocks. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some some houses like our namesake would be happy just to be good for once. <laughs> so hey, Sanctum has been Sanctum has been fine. That's my opinion of always. Even I, I know that some people hate Coda Sanctum, but I actually think Coda Sanctum is one hundred percent fine. Uh, all some of actually a lot of my Coda decks have had a lot of my favorite Coda decks have had Sanctum. So. <laughs> I'm a Sanctum advocate. Sanctum oh, awesome. is fine. A ringing endorsement from the Sanctum <laughs> podcast. It's fine. <laughs>
they're okay. So inspiration, like all these like kind of little mini events that have been happening have been super fun. The SAS limited events have been super fun that Lady Aurora runs. And she unfortunately banned my two favorite cards in Martian Generosity and Heart of the Forest permanently from her events. <laughs> so I don't get to run either of my, like any of my super lowly rated SAS decks that really, um, you know, have those cards and make my opponent's lives miserable like I enjoy doing. But other than that, they've been super fun to play because you're constantly scouring. Like, so every week the SAS limit's different, and then there's temporary bans for the week as well. So whoever gets second place gets to ban two cards from the winning deck. So the winning deck can't come back the next week if it still qualifies in the number. The first place person chooses the top SAS. So yeah, this is just a big ring endorsement for Lady Roar's (laughs) SAS Limited Thursday um, double elimination event. But yeah, so it's been super fun. I've been playing a bunch of different decks that, like, there are those decks, because, I mean, we're playing, like, essentially, I think it's, like, 60 or 70 below, 69 below. Like, you can't pick a number above 69 sass or something like that. So, I mean, you're playing decks that you don't normally actually play in, like, a competitive event. You're just scouring these, like, 64, 65, like, I think, what was it, 55 today or something like that? 55 sass was the top end. So when you're really looking for decks that do something weird that might just, you know, I mean, you're definitely looking for good decks that were probably underrated for some reason because of different card combinations. But yeah, it's just fun. You're playing different decks. So that's been super inspiring. And then uh, a few of us got together and we did some character creation for the Keyforge RPG. So looking forward to playing that here soon. I'll just give you a sneak peek of my character. His name is Tivos, the voice of House Sanctum. I'm going to play the entire campaign talking like this. <laughs> Water and lozenges will be nearby. Yeah, I was like, you're going to have to have a lot of tea. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny. I, I I rolled him to be... He's an a spirit arbitrator. Because, I mean, house sanctum spirits. And, yeah, he's going to hopefully win his battles through his speaking and not so much his fighting. So I'm going to be a terrible fighter, but very, very smart and cunning with my talking. Oh, I love that. That said, Jake, when you make your character, we need another beef stick. In <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be rolling mine tonight. So We've got two eggheads and a dinosaur so far. Good. Okay, got cool. <laughs> I've got some ideas. And, and for the people listening at home, like, I think this is something we're hoping to put forward in an audio format for people to potentially listen to at some point. I think yeah. maybe more details will be fleshed out there. we got to make sure we're actually entertaining when we do it. Right, exactly. <laughs> I hope you're ready for some soap opera level drama. That's that's what we're getting. It'll be my first ever RPG experience, so it's going to be... I, I think I'll feel a little awkward at first, but I'm super looking forward to it. You get over it fairly quickly. Uh, I, I, I am, uh, for our listeners, I am going to be DMing the campaign. Uh, so I have played quite a bit of 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons, and uh, I'm going to be heading up our new our new campaign in the Keyforge universe uh it's it's exciting i really like uh, that is one thing and you know that's a good really good one dan cuz the source book for keyforge is fantastic it's just the art is beautiful the lore is really really rich i felt like it added a lot to the universe for me um a lot of just details and interesting things and just made me excited about the universe of Keyforge more than I have been previously. Um, so I, well, well done, uh, FFG, for that. Awesome. Well, I think that's sort of getting into a little bit what I was hoping to talk 
more about as we roll into our main topic, which is sort of like how Keyforge fits into our lives now as they've been changed by the global pandemic, social distancing, trying to stay safe as people you know, start to emerge or not. That's kind of where I'm going with this. I'll start. I got to go first this time. Yeah, Dan, go first. All right, so I'm still I, I'm still very positive on this game. It's still super fun. I still really enjoy it. Like the evergreen nature of it is holding true. Like I can play my Coda decks, my AOA decks, my Worlds Collide decks, like pretty interchangeably. The ones that I enjoy playing, I can cycle through those. Um, my my hunger for new decks has kind of been satiated a little bit due to having three sets worth of decks now and having a pretty extensive collection and just having like the 10 to 20 decks that I really enjoy playing and I rep quite a few times as opposed, you know, and then the other 150 or something that are in a box (laughs) in the garage. (laughs) Um, So like, yeah, like on this new set, like I could, I can see that maybe deck sales start slowing down a little bit because you're, I feel like kind of is the uh, nature right now that everybody's pretty satiated on decks. Like people just, have their collections and now with the new set coming out people are trying to be a little more selective it seems like there's not quite the hunger to just open every single box i think that existed during the coda days like coda days were crazy because i mean it was a brand new game it was really hard to come by and so it was just like if you found a spot that had Keyforge decks you're just like i'm gonna buy them all you can only buy two i'm gonna buy two because <laughs> i mean you just you're just trying to like i'll come back tomorrow <laughs> how long do i have to you know how long do i have to wait before i can come back and buy two more um i mean we're just we're past that point but i, I man i really feel like the community is still solid like our discord's still chugging along there's still quite a bit of talking there about different aspects of the game different mass mutation things is some countries got their pre-release this time before the united states so there's decks been registered a bunch in china i think has had quite a few they had a they had a release already over there so i've kind of gotten some stats off of that so if you're interested in stats of the new decks that discussion's been going on in the discord and i don't know so it's I, i i still feel like the game's in a really good spot um, I mean, just everything's super weird right now with no, you know, in real life play happening for anything. I mean, if there are any time to really, really, really push and advocate for a online, an official online component, you think now would be it since you're not having uh, to worry about organized play. Please. Um, I know it would like if they, if I mean, take a, take a drink. If you're playing the Sanctimonious podcast drinking game at home, where we, right. every time we mention, Damn. yeah, every time online uh, client is mentioned. I just I wanted to back. I want a mobile mobile online client because uh, I've been playing I've been playing Legends of Runeterra and it's fine. Like I enjoy the game, but man, if I could play Keyforge on my phone, like Legends of Runeterra would just be like instant deleted. Like Hearthstone would be instant deleted. Like I wouldn't yeah. need these other card games to kind yeah. of just feel that like away from my PC. Yeah, and that's the whole thing. Is like even I mean, there's something to be said for a game that I can just like plop open on my phone or even you know on the worst case scenario on my laptop and i don't have to like schedule like schedule time make sure somebody's available make sure that there's somebody who i actually want to play with you know it's like we can remove some of the the because like even on on the crucible online it's like 
I don't really, you know, you don't want to play on with randos because it ends up just being a bad experience a lot of the time. Uh, and it's like when you have those mobile clients, you can, they can kind of police some of the social issues a better, a little bit better, or, you know, bands throw, throw bands out if somebody's really like being, but oh, spamming their emote, like, yeah, they, can, they oh solve gosh. it by just like, you don't get to talk. I can just mute, yeah, I can just uh, mute. I'll just go into kind of how where I'm at on Keyforge, too. Uh, so for me, I- I'm with you, Dan. Like, I really love, I think at Keyforge, the game, I played two games with uh, Dan earlier this week, and that was the first time I had played probably in, probably in almost like a month and a half. Um, I have been playing a lot of, uh, team fight tactics, uh, that has been my, my game of choice, uh, during the, uh, quarantine where I can't be out playing Keyforge in person. And, uh, the loss of, uh, two things kind of affected me for my play of Keyforge. It was loss of Crucible Tracker and the loss of, uh, uh, kit tournaments, uh, I, I love, I, and I appreciate so much, I just want to say this uh, on the front end, I appreciate so much everything that the developers of the Crucible Online do. For some reason, uh, the visual things of Kip, I just really liked. I liked how they had arranged kind of some of the buttons, they had made some of, made some of the stuff look visually. It was just a lot more visually pleasing to me. Um, I, that isn't to say, again, the Crucible Online fantastic product, or not product, but fantastic thing that exists. And I'm don't really, call really... it a product. They'll get banned. Yeah. Yeah, do banned. Instant FFG's already sent the cease and desist. Dang uh, it. We're in the clear. They don't know about us, apparently. They had a live stream today and they mentioned some other yeah. podcasts. And then a bunch... They don't even know that we're podcasting. Yeah. We can say whatever we want. <laughs> it's, we're free. Brad uh, left. <laughs> They're completely blind to us now. So, anyways, I do, I do say that. Uh, but the Crucible Online is fantastic, and I'm really thankful that 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 we have. It's like one of those things where I'm so glad that we have something. You know, if we didn't have this, it would just be completely dead, right? Um, and I, I do actually think that the people championing these online play things are part of what's keeping Keyforge alive. I really do. I think that without it, like, especially going, if we hadn't had the Crucible Online going into uh, quarantine, I don't know where Keyforge would be at. Oh my goodness. That's insane. Yeah, it's insane to think about because obviously I've said without TCO, I wouldn't be on this podcast. Like, there's no way I would have put this much time into the game if I couldn't play it at my own whim. Yeah, not all of us have the significant other that will play with us or the kids that are old enough to play with us. Oh man, that's the dream. Someday. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? Someday we're getting so close. Like, we're working on it. She can spell (laughs) fox. I just have to find a fox deck now. And I will say, like, set-wise, so it's really interesting. I loved Coda. I loved, I actually really liked AOA. I thought that AOA was a fantastic sealed deck experience, especially. Playing sealed in AOA felt so good. Because it was always, it always felt, for the most part, you never really felt like, oh, I don't have a chance at all. Um, and I think that Worlds Clyde kind of swung the pendulum back to where the deck power levels are so variable. In Worlds Glide, the feels bad I get with Worlds Glide, and maybe this is just me, but maybe it's other people too, is if I open a Brobnar deck, I am just sad panda. I'm like, every single time, I just feel a little sadness in my heart. I'm like, oh, it's got Brobnar. <laughs> and I mean, 
occasionally Brobnar can be fine in Worlds Collide, but for the most part, it's just like a blank. It's like you have all these big dudes who do, they just, even if it's, even at its best, I think that Brobnar and Worlds Collide does nothing interesting for the most part. And that's what's really sad about it. It's like, it just, it's house identity. And it's funny, I talk, sometimes I talk to my wife about Keyforge, even though she doesn't play, and she'll just listen, you know, she'll just listen to me uh, talk <laughs> about whatever. Um, what a woman. I was talking to her about this, and I, I feel like one of the interesting design challenges of Keyforge is because they have tied mechanics to certain houses, certain houses are always going to be better. Um, dis, if you think about like, why has dis been good throughout every set? It's because dis is inherently tied to disruption as a mechanic, and disruption is a powerful mechanic. Why is logos good? Logos is good because it's tied to card draw and archive, and those are both good mechanics, and they're both universally good mechanics. It doesn't matter what the rest of the deck is doing everything is synergistic. Like, those can be synergistic with just about any other house. Mm -hmm. But it's like, Brobnar's main mechanic is fighting, and fighting just... A, fighting is just not what you want to be doing in Keyforge for the most part, unless you... It's like the thing you do if you have to. But also, fighting is not inherently synergistic with a lot of the other things that you want to do in Keyforge. So it's often the Brobnar in a house is pulling you in a different direction, so anyways, I say that to say, for Keyforge, where where I'm at is I think the game is in a healthy place. I think that Mass Mutations uh, shakes up the formula a little bit in a good way. Uh, we see some, we see them taking, I feel like, more risks with design. And that inher- that always, to me, translates to a more interesting and more dynamic experience. I want the designers to not play it safe. I want them to do things that might like might not work, but I'd rather them try something than just keep rehashing what we know is like comfortable or what we know like what we feel good about already. Um because that's what keeps I think that that exploration is what makes me like a game in general. Yeah. Um, and I think it's one of the things that's really cool about Keyforge is that there's a lot of space to do that. I think you make some really good points uh, that we should go with in this conversation. But also I'm just picturing your wife listening to that and she's like, that's nice here. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. She's like, uh-huh. And I'm like, I'm just like, I talked for like 15 minutes about the dynamics of Keyforge. And she's like, Great. <laughs> so who's this NARP guy again? I'm always like, and then this card does this, and this card does this, and then that's why this means this. Yep. But to go back to your point, I think that really is fascinating. And to some extent, like, there are similar things in, in Magic the Gathering, uh, which I think is just a really helpful comparison as, like, a long-running card game, where it's, like, blue over the course of the game. A lot of people... At least when I played the game, which was a decade ago, a lot of people would say blue is like the best house over the course of the game because it dealt with drawing cards, which is just inherently such a valuable thing to be doing in card games. But like definitely magic has found a way, even with keeping like card identity, you know, color identities intact to give each different kind of part of the color pie a time to shine and, and be the the best that's to say like i think there's definitely hope there could be fighting abilities that were so powerful 
that, you know, that would be the best thing to be doing. We just haven't seen that. And maybe it's a question of how the designers, but we, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, where it just seems like perhaps the designers of Keyforge feel like fight is stronger than we do in the competitive community. And maybe that has to do with, you know, how they've tested the game in, in you know, play tests with more casual and new players who tend to want to fight a lot more that you know like there, there probably are very good reasons for that but sadly it's it's led to Brobnar being just really underwhelming so far a house that wants to fight they're just not rewarded that handsomely for fighting there's other houses that have better rewards for fighting it's like insane it's so interesting i i really do i would be so interested to hear their like design process on the fight mechanic in particular just like what like what what's like when you're going what's going through your head when you make a narp like wh- i know that you need to make like card games have to have bad cards they have to exist but i'm like why did you center so many of those bad cards in one house how is eldest bear a <laughs> yeah. <better> fighter ability <laughs> and untamed how did untamed get the best fighting <laughs> so i'm working on this theory right now live i think when you're designing card games especially or board games, like especially now when there is like just so many games to play. And a lot of people play who are like heavily invested in, in board gaming generally, not like necessarily a single game like we are with Keyforge. Uh, like there's so many games that come out that like even very good games that people really like, you know, they may play it two or three times before it, it hits their shelf and they're just on to the next thing. Um, like the designer for Pandemic Legacy made a really interesting statement that I, I think about. And Pandemic Legacy is this game where you play the board game Pandemic over like the course of a year. So you get like 12 plays out of it and the game shifts each time. And a lot of criticism when that game came out, even though it was like widely lauded as this amazing experience, was that, well, you can only play it 12 times. And the designers, Rob Davio's response was like, only 12 times like i'm trying to design a board game that you'll actually play 12 times yeah so to bring this back to keyforge how competitive the current landscape is for games you have to design for that first experience because that might be the only thing you get and i think it's definitely true that new players tend to fight too much right uh yes because that's how you play other games so perhaps there there might be some merit, right? Like where if they do play tests with new players, a lot of people are saying things like, you know, oh yeah, I love these cards, like fighting, like I got these giant guys to fight with, like that felt really good. Or even like fighting is too strong if they did give some of these good abilities because like that's all both players are doing, but only the Brobnar player is getting rewarded for it. That might be something to like why they are reticent to give these powerful fight abilities to cards. Because even though for us in the competitive scene, that would be a really valuable improvement to the game, it might actually be a detriment to the new player experience. All right, one last gripe before we move on. Okay. How does the Brobnar leader get a skirmish ability that an untamed common gets just for sitting on one side and is so much easier to set up? Uh, yes, uh, Dan asking right. the hard questions. Uh, I don't, I, there's no good reason. Oh! How? Like, ah, uh, like, if he gives, like, Assault 2 or something to, like, all Brobnar creatures if he was in the middle, like, that'd be cool. Like, 
that makes fighting really cool and do you guys do you guys feel that they're they're catering too much to casual play but i mean i guess that casual play still makes up probably the bulk of keyforge players right yeah i guess i have to like from a financial standpoint i guess that's the right thing to do even if it's like a bummer for everyone else (laughs) yeah there might be a difference between like what you're designing for in set one and set four, right? And like who's buying that product at that point. Well, it's just different in a game that you're not allowed to actually build your deck. <laughs> you're stuck with right. that card in your deck. Like you can't change it. Like playing a deck builder again, it's been kind of weird. It's like, oh yeah, I don't like this card. I'll just take it out. I don't want to play with this card anymore. <laughs> Drop this card, add this card. This is so nice. Like I actually get to play what I want. Like I mean, it's kind of nice and it's kind of not nice in a way because I mean, then you run into the you play the same 10 to 12 decks over and over again, so there's some repetition there, but if you just play sparingly, it's fun. I guess to go back to the original topic, I haven't yet answered that, which is like how Keyforge fits in for me. I didn't realize that the times I wanted to play online play the most was in preparing for a live tournament. You know, when I sure. had like yeah. a vault tour coming up and I wanted to test decks, yep. like that really gave me the incentive to go online, grind out games, figure out what my best deck is. And, and, and the live play experiences for me, there were times when I would play like one event weekly or even a couple events that's just really adds so much to the experience. Like I love those like interactions, like the meta interactions, like we've talked about uh, the bluffs and, and the Jedi mind tricks you can pull off. And like, those are all things like I absolutely love about this game, but card games in general. So it's been hard missing out on that. And I think in some sense, like that sapped some of the energy for me, then the shutdown couldn't have come out. at like a less interesting time for the game, like where it's like the meta is somewhat stagnant. Like we had already had quite a few tournaments with World Clyde out. And we're just like almost at this four or five months before the next set's coming out. So it's like kind of a time when my interest was already dipping a little bit you know, waiting for new cards to play with. Like I wasn't buying new decks or anything like that. So I think all those things made it challenging. But the things that kept me invested were the events that are still happening. Like Dan was talking about, I played in a couple of the low SAS before my uh, work schedule sort of changed. I uh, played in the online team event, like which the weekly league has been great. Uh, And now I'm doing the sanctimonious one for just playing a game or two. Uh, here and there, here or there with like real stakes, which not real stakes, but you know, some stakes, which is fun. And then I think the Glorious Few tournament, which we ran was like a huge blast and and a lot of fun. And there was a lot of genuine excitement for that, uh, which, you know, it was a ton of work and and, and to pull off, but it was so much fun. And and I think that's something too, that I might want to look to doing again in the future in in lieu of live events, which I guess we should mention, or it does seem like some places are starting to come back. I know my local game store is holding two eight-person events uh, where you had to sign up ahead of time, and they're going through a slew of safety precautions, requiring everyone to wear masks. For me, I still feel not quite ready. And I, and I don't know if that's just a me thing or whatever, you know, no judgment to people who are taking a different approach. Uh, but I think it'll still be a little bit of time yet before I'm comfortable to get back into a game store to play cards with people. I mean, that's very fair. I uh, 
I see. You know, it's like we're doing, I think I'm organizing a release event. I'm not going to cap it, but the Keyforge in my area just does not draw many people. So I'm expecting it to be like six to eight people. Um, and, you know, we're going to do, everybody has to wear masks. Yeah, we're going to have a hand sanitizer there. And it's like, and even that's like, it feels a little bit, you're like, is this okay? Uh, I don't know. But I, I really, for me, I, I haven't, I'm with you, Jake. I have, honestly, this will be the first kind of event that I'll go out and do. And I probably won't do much outside of this, even for a while after. I'm going to do this like one thing. And then I'm going to kind of go back to like hiding away in my, in my, in my home. Cause I've tried to, you know, I, I again, no, what exactly what you said, no judgment to anybody who's, you know, whatever you do, what you feel is uh, right. And we all have to just, look, you know, think about, do what we can, but I have definitely tried to, as much as I can, just keep things in. Like, I'm not, I'm not ready to, especially my uh, mother-in-law the other day was like, hey, let's all go to the pool. And I'm like, mm -mm, nope, <laughs> that is not, I'm not ready for that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so it's, it's interesting times for sure, but it, I mean, but still exciting yeah. that, you know, signs things of coming back a little bit, but at the same time, got to keep wearing the masks, people, you know? I do hope, I really do hope that um, they will get the stuff figured out with the Archon cards for uh, mass mutations. That is still a looming problem over online play, is how we will deal with enhancement. Yeah, it sounds like on TCO they have it worked out that you'll be able to manually adjust your deck. So as long as you're playing with people that you know, you should, shouldn't have too many issues with knowing that they've enhanced their deck deck correctly and i don't know what you're uh, talking about dan i swear all my cards are virtuous works now every card <laughs> gains three amber <laughs> it would be so much fun to troll somebody like it wouldn't even have to be that egregious but just putting it on like the most impactful cards anyways but yeah no it sounds like there's going to be a workaround to it to get started i know that ffg doesn't care about the online play but i actually think that the strongest argument for that they're needing to be a change to the arca card is okay hold, wait really quick sorry to interrupt what's the issue in case people haven't been following along with the discord we just like quickly lay out what the issue with the archon card is so in if you don't know about mass mutations mass mutations is introducing a mechanic called enhancement enhancement uh, adds car adds icons. Uh, one of either four things and that is amber, amber gain, uh, amber capture, draw a card or one ping of damage. And you can get multiple instances of each of those. And those are added to cards in your deck as the deck is being generated. So when you get a deck that, uh, you'll have a card in your deck and it says enhance with three card draw. Those three icons of card draw will go on random cards in your deck, each with draw one card, if you had three draw icons, for example. So the issue on the Archon card is you will see the cards that add the enhancement, but you do not get to see on the Archon card which cards have been enhanced. So how this affects tournament play is I look at your Archon card, I know that you have the card that gives three card draw, However, I don't know what cards in your deck have gotten those enhancements. I'll say practically, a lot of times this won't matter. However, if somebody was less than scrupulous, they could throw three draw icons on my Rad Penny, which gets shuffled back into my deck multiple times. And all of a sudden, if I've doctored up my deck 
to have all my enhancements on this one card. I get this uber card that keeps coming back every time I play it. For, like, online tournament. For an online tournament, but for an in-person tournament, too. I mean, there have been cases of people forging cards, and I don't know of any in sure. Keyforge, but in other games. So it could happen. And, I mean, if we're still in the world where Vault Warrior is happening, which I think we are, uh, you know, we put the money down on the line, and all of a sudden... Is that another drink, if we ask about Vault Warrior news? <laughs> definitely one of the hot the hot topics. Uh, would definitely be in the Keyforge drinking game. So, anyways, that's that's unless if there's anything I'm missing, you guys can add it. But I think that's basically the whole crux of the issue. Yeah, and also for uh, like decks of Keyforge, which is like a great resource, right? That was a big one yeah. too. Which theoretically, FFG is not going to care about that a third party ranking site, but you can get less specific data. How much of an issue that is to you as a player is, you know. A lot of people think it's great. They're like, awesome. People rely less on this when evaluating their decks. And I think there's some value in that too. So anyway, thank you. That was, I didn't realize it was a longer explanation, but we appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. You have to go like three steps deep with that one. Yeah. And it's something FFG is aware of. They did mention it today in the, uh, uh, the live stream that they're at least aware of the issue. And they classic FFG is like, we we are aware of the issue and are thinking and working on you know, the hell hand wavy is we'll have more information someday. That's also one of your the things you drink for every time FFG says we're working on it. I thought that was code for like maybe in set seven. <laughs> anyway, do we want to give any final words here? Yeah. All right. I already know Alex has three boxes of mass mutation coming because he forgot oh, to yeah. cancel his subscription i forgot to i did i actually only planned to buy one but i did forget to cancel my subscription with team covenant whoops and so i'm getting three boxes now and i mean i'm not i just was planning to spend more time buying on the secondary market this go round, but i'll probably still i'll just sell some stuff and we'll we'll get there eventually it'll take it might take me a little bit longer now Jake, what is your mass mutation buying preparation? Not feeling comfortable going to participate in my tournament, but I will feel comfortable putting on a mask and going to purchase some product on the first day. I think I'll get a box, which is more than I've got at release of any other set. But as you know, because normally I'd be like, I want to play some sealed and pick up some decks that way, but that won't yeah. happen. So I think I'll start with a box and, and probably just play the heck out of those decks on Crucible and and go from there nice i'm just gonna borrow them from you i'm just gonna borrow one of alex's boxes that's what we're gonna do one of those boxes is gonna have dan's name on it dan's tco name on it yeah i don't know that i'm actually buying a box this time my last time with the 10 out of 12 brobnar decks like <laughs> it's so bad like it just seems so scary like i mean i got one really super solid deck that was like I don't know. Alex has it now. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was like the, the highlight of that box was the one deck that I traded to him for a different deck that interests me more. But uh, yeah, I don't know that I'm actually going to buy a box. Well, Dan, but there's good news, right? Because you won't get any Brobnar this time, guaranteed. I will get zero Brobnar, guaranteed. Uh, yeah. I will say, on my initial read-through of the cards, I don't think that there's a blank house. Besides Shadow, you're contradicting. The jury's still out. I actually do have to get some play in with them before I 100% decide. I think that they <laughs> might be a blank. Um, so I'm not. I'm just not a hundred percent confident in the but that's still yeah, there were two definitely. blanks in worlds collide and there's only one blank. if there's only one blank 
Sarian's much worse, also, uh, but uh, not still not terrible. I think Starlight's is also much worse, but still not terrible. Are there any good houses we can look forward to? Logos and Dis. I mean, as always, Logos and Dis. Dis, Dis is definitely, <laughs> I think Dis is probably the best house this set. Maybe Sanctum is actually pretty good, I think. That's just my opinion. So no no box for Dan. Dan's probably going to pass on a box this time. I'm going to mess around with uh, some stuff on TCO, figure out what I would like, and then probably just hit the secondary market for a few decks. Because, yeah, I was really looking forward to this time again, just doing a bunch of the release events. They've got the shop that was near me, did a three-deck choose one sealed for $25 for the last two sets. And if you go 4-0, you win a box. And just playing in two of those last time netted me more than a box worth of decks because I did pretty good in the second one and did well enough in the first one to make it four decks for $30 or for $25, excuse me. And I think the second one I got, I went like three and one for, I think I got like three or four prize decks. So like six, yeah, yeah, about a box for 50 bucks. And that's not going to be available this time, or at least I don't think it's going to be available. Mass Mutation is imminent. It should be exciting. There should be plenty of new content for us to talk about as we actually get these cards in our hand in just eight short days from the recording of this podcast, which will hopefully be released. (laughs) (laughs) Before the release of Mass Mutation. (laughs) No, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. But anyway, this has been really fun uh, getting back in the booth and chatting with you guys and hopefully making this a regular thing once again until next time my name is jake you can find me on twitter at jake free that's j-a-k-e-f-r-y-d i'm dan is someone d-a-n-i-s-s-o-m-e-1 on twitter and twitch and on the discord over to you alex i am the nick of slots uh you can find me on twitter as the nick of slots or on uh discord as nick of slots hashtag 6418 Archons of the Crucible, prepare to be mutated. The coming is soon. Make sure when you pick up your boxes, you put on your masks while you forge those keys. I, uh, I don't really know where I'm going with the sentence.